0: If you have a Bible, turn with me to Genesis chapter one. Yes, we get excited about the Word of God here. We're in our theme, Let There Be. That's the theme this year for our conference, and those words have been just stirring in my heart all year long, ever since January came around. And August is kind of like a January for us as a church. It's the start of our school year. Victory Christian School is an awesome school, by the way. And if you're looking for a school for your kids, that's a great school, K-4 through 12th grade. Then Victory Bible College kicks off in August as well. If you're looking to get into Bible classes, that's a great place to take some classes in Victory Bible College. But in the beginning, God said, in the beginning, we see in Genesis chapter one, verse one, everybody say, in the beginning. In the beginning. This was the beginning of time. This was the beginning of God revealing himself to humanity. This was the beginning of everything. I I remember as a kid, as a teenager, I used to write question marks next to certain scriptures that I I had questions about. Because every time I read that, I would think, well, in the beginning of what? What was before this beginning? How did God... Get here, who created God? Where did God come into the picture? And this is the amazing thing about faith is you don't have to understand it all to believe it all. You don't have to know all the answers to walk by faith and recognize that God is there. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Before the beginning, God just was, he was here. And God stepped out of the infinite into the finite. He stepped out of time and into time and began with creation. In the beginning, God. And can I say this right now? If God's not at your beginning, if you're beginning a new season, a new chapter in your life, if you're about to begin school year, where's all the teenagers, kids going back to school? Come on, make some noise, wave your hand. Summertime is over. School starts in just a few weeks. Let God be at the beginning of this new season. I'm believing this week to be a Genesis week in our church, that this would be a creation week, that God would start to bring some new things into your life. In the beginning, God created. That word created in the Hebrew is called bara. Everybody say bara. You just learned some Hebrew. Bara. It means to create something out of nothing. The only time this word is used is in conjunction with God because He's the only being that can create something out of nothing. In the last few weeks, I've watched the news, and I've seen these rich people, this guy, uh, Bezos, who created Amazon, and uh, he topped Bill Gates as the wealthiest man in the world, as the creator of Amazon, and he was the wealthiest guy for four hours, and then he quickly went to second place, and then third place by the end of the day, but looking at him, and Bill Gates, and, and all these different guys who've created something, they had to have tools to create it. They had to have uh, all kinds of resources. For God, he didn't need any tools. All he needed was his words. God created something out of nothing. We serve a creative God who wants to breathe life into you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Imagine with me, Thousands of years ago in a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Darkness. Before there was any galaxies, before there was any stars, before there was time itself. Can we get it dark in this room? Darkness covered the earth. I see who's on their phones right now. (laughs) You better be taking notes. I'm just kidding. Darkness covered the earth and the Holy Spirit was hovering over the darkness and I speak to someone right now who's in a dark season in their mind and in their heart. The Holy Spirit is hovering over your heart, hovering over your marriage. Whatever looks dark in your life right now, whatever season of darkness that you find yourself in, maybe there's things that are void and empty and without form. Maybe there's things you're believing for that haven't happened yet, and in that darkness, in the chaos, in the pain of what you're walking through, maybe there was light at one time, but you've walked into the darkness. Just know this, the Holy Spirit is not far from the darkness And immediately as God opened his mouth, the first words that were spoken ever in the history of time in the universe were, let there be light. And light came for the first time into our universe, revealing those things that were hidden, bringing light to those things that were dark and let there be light in this room again right now. (laughs) God's first words were, let there be. I want you to say that with me, let there be. If you had one word that you could bring into existence in your life, what would it be? If you had one let there be word that God said, I'm going to make it happen, all you have to do is say it. What would it be? What's lacking in your life right now? What's inconsistent? What do you have sometimes but not all the time? What do you wish was a constant in your life? Maybe right now for you, it would be let there be peace because you feel chaos and strife in your house and constant, constant lack of peace. Maybe for some of you in this room, it would just be let there be hope You feel hopeless this morning. You feel hopeless watching on TV. Maybe for some of you in this room or watching from your laptop or your iPhone, maybe for some of you, it's let there be joy because you don't have that joy and you need that joy. If God could bring something, and here's the powerful thing. God created something out of nothing. God gave purpose and right after the light, he said this light was good. He could have majored on the darkness, he majored on the light. He said the light was good and he separated the light from the dark and then God began to create amazing things. Creatures in the sea, creatures on the land, water separated from the the land, water separated from the sky. But look what happens next in verse 14. This, this really intrigued me. It said, then God said, let there be lights. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. We already said, God, let there be light. Oh, is, the, is the author getting repetitive? Is he, is he repeating something that he's already said? No, this is important. And the early readers of this, this would be a mystery to them. You and I, we understand it because we've got the Bible, we've got the full progression here. But all of a sudden, God introduces the lights that you and I are aware of. The lights that maybe you and I were thinking happened in verse three. The light like the sun. He says this. It says, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs that mark seasons and times, days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. Just as God spoke it, it happened. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made stars. So here we have the The creation of the sun, the moon, and the stars. But in verse 3, what light was he talking about? By the way, when God spoke the light, the the sun, the moon, the stars, when he spoke it, it came out of his mouth. 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, the sun blazing hot. You can't get near the sun without burning up. It's on fire all the time. Just so intense heat. And it's exactly 93 million miles away from planet Earth. Just enough space so it doesn't burn us up. You thought it was hot in Tulsa. (laughs) By the way, the weather's been awesome in the last few weeks. Thank you, Jesus, for that. For those of you that aren't used to this, I mean, Tulsa in the summer is usually like 100 plus, but we've been having some good weather. But I think about how God designed everything with intentional creativity, purpose, direction, destiny that you know what, every second, scientists are discovering every second a new star appears in the universe, a new star. Every second, there was a new star, and another new star, and another new star. Stars that weren't here yesterday. Don't tell me God's not progressive. Don't tell me God's not up to something new. Don't tell me God's finished with the universe. He's still doing new things. Maybe you came in here today and you feel like God's done with you. Maybe you feel like you've walked in too much darkness. Maybe you feel like you've walked away from God. Today is your day to say, let there be light. So we go back to verse three and we ask, well, what light was it? If it wasn't the sun and it wasn't the moon and it wasn't the stars, what was that light in verse three that God was speaking into existence? If the sun, moon, and stars came later, what light is it that he's talking about that all of a sudden illuminated the darkness? Well, we see in Exodus chapter three that when God reveals himself to Moses, God reveals himself as a light in a bush. He appears to Moses in this bush and speaks to Moses as a light burning in the bush but not consuming the bush. And then when Moses goes back to meet with God, many years later with now the children of Israel and Moses has delivered, you saw the Prince of Egypt. There can be miracles when you believe. Come on, how many of y'all love the Prince of Egypt? That was my first date with Ashley in eighth grade. She didn't know it was a date. We were on a youth outing. It was Y2K, 1999, December 31st. I held her hand during There Can Be Miracles. La, 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 la. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I got memories that y'all don't even want to know about. <laughs> so when Moses came back with the Israelites to that same mountain where he met God and God showed himself as a light, this time Moses said, I want to see you, God. And when he saw God, the Israelites said, this is crazy. When Moses walked out of the mountain, his face was radiant, like, like he had seen like an incredible light and it was shining so much on him. This was the presence of God. So in Genesis one verse three, when God said, let there be light, what he was really saying was let there be me. Let me come into your world and light up the darkness. In the Old Testament, it was the presence of God because the Son of God was not yet revealed in the Old Testament. They were believing for the Messiah who was gonna change things. We see in the New Testament, God's presence, the light itself comes into the world. John chapter one said, the light came into the darkness and the darkness could not overpower it. Jesus said in John chapter eight, I am the light. Somebody say, let there be light. When, John, when Jesus said this in John chapter 8, this is important. He said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me, anyone who comes to me is free from darkness. Now, all through the Bible, God contrasts light and darkness. Light represents God. It represents his word, his presence, his power. It represents him working in your life. Darkness, Jesus was very clear that the prince of darkness is Satan himself that darkness represents anything you would hide, anything that wouldn't bring glory to God, anything that you have to cover up, anything you wouldn't do if Jesus was in the room. And darkness is different for all of us. But I really feel like I gotta preach this because this whole week I've been, I've been sensing that there's people who are tempted to leave the light and walk in the darkness. There's this constant tug of war. I remember this drama that we used to do on mission trips called bondage and uh, there was this chain where the devil was constantly pulling this girl. He wrapped the chain, and the chain, in the drama, the girl starts with the chain. We don't explain how the girl got into the chain. But darkness starts with one step out of the light at a time. It's not like all of a sudden you just go running into the occult and start doing satanic stuff. Like, it's, it's just one little thought of worry, one little thought of greed, one little thought of lust, one little thought of, 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 of anger, of rage, of impatience, and we start to leave that life of light that God called us to live in. Jesus said, anyone who knows me, anyone who receives me lives in the light and there's no darkness in them. The psalmist said, leave the paths of darkness and walk in the paths of light. There's a choice, there's an option. Since the beginning of time, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, the tree of knowledge, the tree of life, the tree of good, and then there was this other tree. And God's a gentleman, he doesn't force us to always choose the light. He allows us to make the choice. For me, the darkness is, is, I mean, I don't know about you, but I liked watching movies growing up, Star Wars. How many of y'all remember when Luke Skywalker, the dark side, was trying to pull him to the dark side? But Luke Skywalker had a calling to walk in the lights. Movies shows show us this, that there's a constant tug of war, the battle of your soul. There's a war going on even right now over your heads. Darkness and light are constantly at war, trying to pull you into the place and the, and the person who God's called you to be, and darkness is trying to pull you away from that. And the first point that I want you to get today is God wants you to see the light. He wants you to see the light. He wants you to, you know, look into the light. Isaiah chapter 9 says that when Jesus came, this was a prophetic word, that the light would shine in the darkness, and those who were sitting in the darkness would see that great light. They would see that great light. Everybody say, see the light. light. Secondly, God wants you to receive the light. He wants you not just to see it, he wants you to receive it. There's a guy in the New Testament named Saul who would later become Paul, and Saul was a religious guy and he was caught up in all kinds of religious stuff. He thought he was doing God a a service by getting rid of Christians, believers. But when the light shone on Saul, he saw the light and scales fell from his eyes. I'm believing this week the light's gonna shine on your marriage, on your heart, on your attitude, and the scales, the pride, the lust, the greed, the anger, the confusion, the chaos, the strife, the worry, the fear, all of that junk is gonna fall And you're gonna say, Lord, I receive it. The thing I love about receiving the light is it changes you from the inside out. It changes you. God wants to change you. He doesn't want you to just see the light on Sundays. He wants you to receive the light every day of the week. He wants you to walk in the light. Paul said in Ephesians 5, walk in the light as children of the light. Get rid of the darkness. You, you used to live in darkness. You're done with that. Darkness is done. Like, don't even go, don't dabble with that anymore. Don't go back to that. It's only pulling you away from who God's called you to be. So for me, like I said, as a pastor, there's all kinds of things. The enemy tries to pull me from light into darkness. But I would say one of the biggest things is the fear of what people think, especially as, as a young pastor and as The son of a great pastor, Billy Joe Doherty, who pastored this church for several years and built this church. One of the fears that I constantly, I have to come back to the light and remind myself that I don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But the darkness tries to pull me into this place of feeling like I don't measure up. And that in your eyes, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'm unworthy or maybe I'm, I'm terrible at this. And, and, and the enemy loves me to draw thought bubbles above all your heads. Imaginary thought bubbles. I heard Stephen Furtick say this. I'm stoked that he's coming to the conference. But I was like, I can relate with what he's saying because he said, even for him. And he's one of the most known preachers in our world right now, but he said he constantly deals with thought bubbles that he draws above people's heads. And I was like, I get it. I do that every week. I draw these thought bubbles. You may not even be thinking it, but I'm drawing it like they hate me. Now I'm not as good as my dad. I don't measure up. You guys draw thought bubbles above other people's heads too. <laughs> Sometimes you do this above your family members' heads and all that kind of stuff. And here's what's happening. You're leaving the light and you're walking into the darkness. You're leaving the light of knowing who you're called to be, and you're going into this darkness of being insecure, afraid, unworthy, unqualified, ashamed and pride, putting all the focus on you. And if I'm living like this, if I'm constantly drawing these thought bubbles and leaving the light coming into darkness, I'm living to impress you instead of living to impact you. And if I'm living to impress you, then I can't be who God's calling me to be. I'm I'm in the dark. I'm living in the dark. If if we're living to impress one another, if you came to church to be impressed, you're at the wrong church. Because we're not here to impress Tulsa. We're here to impact Tulsa and to impact downtown Tulsa, to impact Manford, Oklahoma, and to impact Orlando, Florida, and to impact the nations of the world. We're not here to be cool. We're here to be light in the darkness. But the second we start living to impress instead of living to impact, the second that I give into those feelings of insecurity and fear and unworthiness, that's the enemy pulling me out of light into darkness. All of us in this room, there's a tug of war going on for your soul. For some of you in this room, it's not insecurity. For some of you in this room, you are so confident. You're like, I never, I never struggle with insecurity. You're overconfident. (laughs) You rely so much on what you think you know and you got all the answers, you got it all figured out. Good for you. All right, God bless you. I wish I could be as confident as you are sometimes. But listen, all of us in this room, there's a tug of war to leave the light, whether that light, and and there's all kinds of ways to walk in the light. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. So some of you in this room, the darkness will be right after church. You'll walk out in the parking lot and you'll get angry because someone cuts you off. Someone, you have to wait 45 minutes, you get impatient at the restaurant you're at. The waiter doesn't do a good job, you get greedy. I'm not giving them nothing. (laughs) All of us in this room, there's a temptation on a daily basis, hourly basis, whether we're gonna stay in the light, walk in the light, live in the light, live generous, live loving, live with humility, live with confidence, live with purity, stay in that faithful spirit, continue to forgive, or get bitter, or get angry, or get lustful, or get greedy, or get insecure, or give in to those dark feelings, and I want to challenge you today. Let there be light inside your heart. Stay in the light. Walk in the light. Receive the light. Everybody say, let there be light inside of me. Say every part of me. Let there be light. God wants to light up your life. Let there be. Those three words are prophetic words. Genesis begins with a prophetic commandment, to speak those things that are not as though they are. What is holding you back from speaking prophetically this week, receiving a let there be word? Because listen, you'll come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but if you don't start receiving that light inside your life, I'll tell you what holds people back from letting there be new things in their life, what was. What was. What was is holding so many people back from what could be. What was. Some of us in this room, we're stuck in what was. We're stuck in what used to be. We miss the good old days. We miss Mayberry. We miss how things used to be. Anybody watch Andy Griffith growing up? I miss Mayberry sitting on the porch drinking ice cold cherry Cokes where everything was black and white. Ba-da, ba You're like, I didn't hear that song on that show. Yeah, it came out later, Rascal Flats, country music before I got saved. I'm just kidding. That's part of my testimony. Um, <laughs> keys, come on up. Got to close this out. All right. Some of us are stuck in what was. And God's saying, I'm trying to do a new thing. I'm trying to bring light. I'm trying to bring love. I'm trying to bring peace. I'm trying to bring vision. Let there be hope. Let there be passion. Let there be new roads, new rivers. Let there be new assignments. God wants to do a Genesis week in your life this week. But you're, you're like stuck in the old, te- you're stuck in the law. This is, what held the, this is what held the Israelites back from going into the promised land, what was. They missed the comfort. They missed how things used to be. This is what stopped the religious people in the New Testament from accepting Jesus, from experiencing a miracle. Jesus was trying to do a let there be moment and they were saying, well, you're not like Moses. It's not how it used to be. We missed what was. This is the system. This is how it's always been. This, we, we have something in place and Jesus was saying, don't let what was stop what could be. Secondly, is what is. What is is holding you back from let there be. God's saying, I want you to receive the light. I want you to receive these new things I'm trying to do in your life. But what is is stopping you. There's things happening in your present chaos, disorder, confusion. Maybe things are happening where there's void in your life, there's darkness. Maybe right now you're struggling with an addiction, a habit, pornography. Maybe you came in here today and you did something right before church and the enemy's trying to hold you back from what could be because you feel so ashamed of what is right now. You need to know when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he said it right after he met the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. It was in John chapter eight, verse 12, where Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who comes to me is free from darkness. He said it right after, literally the scripture right after he's talking to this woman who's been thrown at his feet, caught in the act of adultery, it's been a part of her life. Where was the guy who was also part of the adultery? We don't hear about him. But this woman, here she is, she's ashamed, she feels condemned. All the religious people got their stones. Oh, we're gonna get rid of this girl. What do you say, Jesus? This is what the law says, this is what was. And Jesus says, no he begins to write in the sand, he says, you with no sin cast the first stone. One by one, the religious people drop their stones. This is a time to drop the stones, guys. We're here to be light. And you can't be light when you're constantly judging everybody in your life. It's not your job to judge people, it's your job to love people. Let the Holy Spirit fix people. You can't fix them, you can't change them. You got issues too. Quit trying to remove the speck in their eye when you got a plank in your eye, Jesus says. So Jesus leans down to this woman caught in darkness. I mean, she's trapped in darkness. And he lifts her up and he says, woman, where's your accusers? She says, there's none. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I am the light of the world. Anyone who comes to me doesn't stay in darkness. I don't know, maybe you've been going to church playing games. You got one foot in the light and one foot in the darkness. God didn't call us to mesh what he intentionally separated. He separated the light from the darkness. God wants us to come completely in the light, to stop playing games with God, to say, Lord, I receive your light in my life. Don't let what was, don't let what is hold you back from God's, what he's trying to say. Let there be. And then I think the other thing is what already is coming. For some of you, you got already stuff coming, there's things coming at you you can't stop. Bills that you gotta pay. How many got some bills coming at you in the next few weeks, right? How many got some things you gotta handle, responsibilities, aging, you can't stop it. Gray hairs are coming no matter how hard you fight it. You're gonna get older. But for all of us, even though there's things that are coming at us that we don't even have to prophesy, they're already coming, God still wants us to look those bills in the face look that aging in the face look whatever it is and say let there be light in my future let there be hope in my future let there be peace let there be healing in my family let there be restoration in my marriage let there be freedom in every part of my life let there be joy let there come on say it with me let there be say let there be joy say let there be peace say let there be light say let there be hope say let there be freedom so God wants us to see the light, he wants us to receive the light for us, but then he wants us to be the light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, but then he turns the coin, he says, okay, now you're the light of the world. And Matthew chapter five, verse 14, you're the light of the world, church. He said, I don't want you to just see the light. I don't want you to just read about Genesis 1-3 and understand that the light was actually the presence of God and get the presence of God in your life, not just on Sundays, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't want that presence of God just to stay in you inside the box of your heart. Don't just receive it, radiate it, shine it, be a vessel of the light to flow through you. You are the light of the world and I didn't give you this light to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you like a city on a hill. I'm putting you like a light on a lampstand. I want you to shine in Tulsa, shine in Manford, shine in Bixby, shine in Sepulpa, shine in Glenpool, shine in Broken Arrow, shine in Orlando, shine all over the world. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. God wants you to shine this school year on your campus at TU, at ORU, at OSU, at OU. God wants you to shine at VBC. God wants you to shine at Jinx High School and Union High School. God wants you to shine in Broken Arrow High School. And whatever high school you go to, God wants you to shine. What does it look like to shine, though? Everybody say, let there be light in me. Say, let there be light through me. How many of you in this room are teachers? Any teachers in the room? Middle school, high school, elementary teachers? Raise your hand, can we give our teachers a huge hand? These men and women work a lot and sacrifice a lot for a little. But listen, the impact and the rewards that are waiting for teachers, where's the coaches at? Any coaches, football, basketball, volleyball, cheerleading, yes, it's a sport. Come on, raise your hand, all the coaches in the room, track coaches, cross country coaches, baseball coaches, softball coaches, You're called to be light. Where's our doctors and dentists in the the house? Where's the nurses, doctors, dentists? Nurses, doctors, dentists? Come on, hospitals. We need you. Trust me, you don't want me practicing medicine on you. There's things that only you can do that I could never do that God's called you to shine in your hospital, to shine in your workplace, to shine in your classroom, to shine on your basketball court, to shine in the dugout, to shine wherever you are. Where's the businessmen, businesswomen, those who work in in corporate business offices? Come on, raise your hand, all businessmen, businesswomen, entrepreneurs, come on. You can shine in ways I could never shine. This last summer, there was a woman on an airplane, and right at the beginning of the flight, this special needs nine-year-old boy starts screaming, crying, flailing, and convulsing, and just no one could settle him down. They thought it would only be five, ten minutes, and it had kept going, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes, and this was a a six-and-a-half-hour flight. Everybody on the flight was, you know, people, sometimes society is so non-understanding just rolling their eyes. Can you calm them down? What's wrong? And parents were doing everything they could to try and calm their their boy down. They couldn't calm him down. And stewardess and captain was trying to come and help and no one could help. But this woman who was sitting at the back of the plane, she realized, I work with kids with special needs at my church. I work at, like Victory, we have the Champions Club to be salt and light, to be a light in our city, to help families. And she serves in that kind of a capacity. She's worked with kids with special needs for a long time. So she goes up to the parents on the flight. She says, hey, can I help? And they said, we, we've let other strangers try to help. No one's been able to help, but if you work with kids with special needs, you can try to help. And she took that young, precious boy. And as soon as she held him in her arms, he stopped crying. He stopped screaming. He stopped shaking. And she sat on the floor with him for the next five hours of the flight. At the end of the flight, people came up. They were giving her tips, like $10 bills, $5 bills. They were like, thank you so much. <laughs> and she said, I'm just a vessel. The parents, they're just in tears. Thank you. I don't know what, what you know, secret you have, but thank you. Thank you. There was something she could do that no one else could do. There's people in that Champions Club serving right now that, man, they're so gifted and skilled to shine in that capacity. Some of you in this room, you don't even realize that you've been uniquely made to see the light, receive the light, walk in the light, and shine right where you're at. This week, as we have our Victory Conference, I wanna challenge you to shine in your workplace. Bring someone to church. Over these last few weeks, I've been inviting everybody to the conference. I've just been saying, hey, it's a free conference. Why is it free? It's free because we want the rich and the poor. We want the downcast. We want the outcast, the downtrodden, those who are discouraged, those who can't afford to buy a ticket, to come here and experience the power, the presence, the light of Jesus Christ that delivers them from darkness. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, you are a chosen nation, a royal priesthood to declare the excellencies of Jesus Who delivered you from darkness to light? Who could you invite this week to the conference? To Robert Madu on Tuesday, to Furtick on Wednesday, to Charlotte on Thursday, to to, to John Beer on Friday. Bring someone. Last week I was running. I met a guy and he's smoking on the side of the road. I run right past him and God says, go back and talk to him. So I go back. I said, hey man, God loves you. He said, thank you. And I said, um, I said, man, I'd love for you to come and come to church with me. He might even be here today. I don't know if he's here. but. Started talking to him about church and he said, are you that guy on the screen? I think I've seen you before. I said, I might be. And he said, thanks, man. It's been a long time since I've been to church. Thanks for inviting me. Someone's waiting on your invite. Someone's waiting for you to shine. This this just a month ago, these boys, they were swimming in Panama City, Florida. And they, they got into the ocean. They didn't realize it, but there was riptides. And as soon as they got into the ocean, The riptide started pulling them out into the ocean, away from the beach, and it started pulling them and they were trying to swim out of the riptide, but the more they tried to swim out of the riptide to get back to the beach, the more the riptide was pulling them away faster and faster. These two boys, nine years old, ten years old, and so they're getting further and further from the beach, and they start screaming, help, help, help. Mom and dad and the others are on the beach and they start seeing their boys and and they see their boys drifting off. So they jump in the ocean, they try to help their boys and when they get in the ocean, they got caught in the riptide. Now the whole family is getting pulled out to sea. True story, this was just a month ago. So strangers on the beach are watching this family drowning in the water, caught in a riptide. And all of a sudden, it didn't matter whether they agreed on everything. You had grandparents and and grandkids and Republicans and Democrats, singles and married people and divorced people and black and white and Asian and Hispanic and Native American and all different races. The picture was incredible. I just wanna show you these guys linked arms from the beach out into the ocean. If we have that picture, I want you to just put it on the screen. More than 80 people linked arms. All different races, all different generations. That day on Panama City Beach, something miraculous took place. People realized, we're not here to try and get along on every single thing. We're here to rescue those that are drowning. We're here to be light. We're here to save those that are hurting. And this is why we're here. When I saw that picture, I thought, this is why we do what we do. This is why victory goes to North Tulsa, South Tulsa, East Tulsa, West. This is why we're doing Walk It Out. This is why we have a dream center. This is why we're starting a downtown campus to be light in the dark. This is why we're in Manford. This is why God's not finished creating what he wants to do with victory yet. This is why God brought you for such a time as this to be a link in the chain. So imagine if I come to conference this week and imagine that I'm the prodigal son that someone invited to come to church, and I'm sitting back here, and I'm stranded at sea, and I'm afraid to go down there, and I'm lost in a riptide. The only way to get me is to link arms. Can I get some help from the front row all the way to this back row? And I want you to link arms because this is how the church works. When we come together, when we show up, when we serve, when we give, one arm linked with the next arm. Come on, we're gonna make the biggest human chain in a church service ever. All the way, I'm going all the way up to the top of the top. What's up, my friends? How y'all doing in section C? Come on, somebody. This is the crew right here. Can we make a human chain all the way to the top? Can we do it? Do you think our church, you guys got this, Victory? I need need the chain to connect, connect, connect. Come on, guys, this is a picture of the church right here. This is a picture of us coming together, young and old, all ethnicities, all different backgrounds. We are the light of the world. Come on, Victory. Give these guys a big hand right here. You've been called for such a time as this. Don't be the missing link. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. Give these guys a big hand. (laughs) We need to put that on YouTube. The biggest human chain in a church service ever. Everybody say, let there be. I'm about to dismiss us in just a moment. But I want to challenge you. Be a part of the chain. We're connected. Be a part of the light that God's wanting to shine. Don't just come to get. Come to give. Come to be a part of radiating this light to our city. Next week, we're going to do something we've never done as a church. We're gonna have our conference on three different major networks. TBN, Daystar, and Hillsong are all gonna be showing the conference for free. Come on, somebody. Favor, unusual, open doors are coming to you into this house. Recently, God opened the door for us to go on channels two, six, and eight, right here locally on late night shows like midnight. Some of y'all might have caught me last night in the middle of the storm at 1 a.m. I was on. We have a slot that comes on right after Saturday Night Live. We have a slot that comes on right after Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, so, in certain cities, I'm coming on late, and you know, it's amazing the people that are watching late night TV. That's not Christian channels. These are like you know regular channels. And so I'm coming on right after that, and it's victory service, it's our 11 a.m. service right here, and there's people getting saved. And they're tweeting at me. I had atheists tweeting at me like a month ago. Who's this guy talking about our best days are in front of us? We're the light, that's who we are. That's why victory's here, this is why we exist. This message is us. This is why we bring solar panel lights to Rwanda. We're literally bringing light in the darkness, not just spiritually, but physically. This is why we give groceries out. Right after this service, we're giving groceries to people that are hurting, that are hungry, that need help. This is why we have a benevolence ministry. This is why we are that church that refuses to just be a church for church people, but is going to be a church for lost people that's going to shine in the dark, that's going to reach prostitutes, that's going to reach people that are caught in sin. In the last service, I announced that you know, it was my prayer as we go into conference we Conference cost us a lot as a church. We charge nothing. We just invite people to come for free. Many churches that, that charge, and that's fine. That's what God's called them to do. But for us right now, this is, this is what we're doing. And, and so someone came up to me and said, Paul, I'm believing with you that the whole budget's going to be covered before the conference starts. And it's an investment into people's lives that are going to be saved and impacted. Well, in the last service, a guy stepped up and said, I'm gonna give half of the budget and then I'm gonna cover dollar for dollar if the church will come up with the rest of that. So right now we're gonna give into impacting lives this week. This is our missions weekend. We got missions conference this week. We got victory conference. I wanna ask you at the end of your row, there's envelopes. And if it's your first time to victory, you don't have to give unless you just want to. But man, if you're here today and you say, victory is my home, I wanna sow into reaching people. I wanna sow into helping our city. We've got a lot of outreach this week week we're doing with Walk It Out, the conference, of course. Would you sow towards that? And so you might be wondering, well, what is the other half that's left? we got about $55,000 left. I think God can help us knock that out in this service. Those watching online, how many of y'all believe that with me, Victory Church? Right after this offering, we're going to worship God. We're going to take a time to come down to this altar. But I'm praying for every person in this room. If you're new today, please do not feel any feeling to feel like you have to give unless you just want to. But I want to pray for every person here today to experience the power of God, the light of Jesus Christ coming into the dark areas of your heart, your relationships, the season that you're in. Some of you are going through a very dark season. The Holy Spirit's hovering over the chaos in your marriage, in your house, in that broken relationship between you and your son, you and your dad. And even now, as we give, I'm I'm believing this week is going to be a breakthrough week. You know, the amazing thing is, as God said it, in 24 hours it happened. It was morning and it was evening, day one. It was morning and it was evening, day two. God created the universe in six days. What could He do at this conference in six days in your life? I'm believing this week is going to be a turnaround week. Where there's been chaos and disorder and confusion, this week God's about to bring light and order and hope and restoration and direction and purpose. Lord, I pray for every seed that's being sown. God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to plant churches, the opportunity to send out missionaries, the opportunity to reach people in our city that are hurting, that are hungry, that are naked, that are broken, the opportunity to broadcast in prisons. Lord, I thank you for the lady last night who came to the altar who said, I watched you in jail every night that I was in there, and I got saved and went to Bible College in jail, Victory Bible College in jail. Lord, I thank you for those that are being saved and impacted and helped, and I pray for every person in this room that's in a dark season, I pray for your light to shine. God, I thank you, Lord, that as we seek you first, all these things that we're concerned about, all these tuition, bills, things we got to cover, employment, promotion, whatever it is, Lord, we're trusting in you in Jesus name. Let's worship God as we give. And then I'll step back up for us to close out with altar call. There's no darkness in your. There's no question in your mind. God Almighty. God of mercy. There's no striving from your. There's no striving, there's no striving in your grave. those of you that are here today that say paul i'm coming out of the darkness i'm coming into the light there's been dark things that have been trying to pull you away from the light but today you're declaring in jesus name i'm done with the darkness i'm walking in the light leave your seat come meet me at this altar right now let there be light in your life in your marriage in your family in your house in your apartment come on keep coming This is your day. You say, I'm done with the darkness. I'm done with the dark. I'm coming into the light. Let there be light in my soul, light in my mind, light in my life. All over this room, whatever it is, just say, I'm I'm coming down. I'm coming out of the dark. I'm coming into the light. Jesus, maybe you've been battling an addiction. Maybe you're here today and you've just been battling worry Maybe you're here today and you've just been battling shame, condemnation because of sin. Maybe this summer you feel like you slipped up, you messed up, you went backwards. But today, in Jesus' name, in the beginning, God created, let there be lights. Let this be a beginning week. Let this be a Genesis week in your life. Let this be a six-day creation where God begins to break apart the bondages, the chains of whatever it is that's been binding you, the addictions. Maybe you're here today and you say, Paul, I feel like I've gotten into stuff that I have no business getting into. Maybe you're here today and you say, I'm angry. I'm mad. People have hurt me. Someone betrayed me. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the darkness. Don't stay in that resentment anymore. Don't stay in that bitterness anymore. Don't stay in that unforgiveness doesn't matter. Forgiving that person who hurts you doesn't make what they did okay, but it sets you free from the prison of darkness and it brings you into the power of God's light. If you're here today and you need to forgive someone who's hurt you, maybe you're here today, you're confused. You're in a dark season. How many of you just walked through a dark season right now? You're just, it feels like a tunnel. You're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't be afraid. I've been there before. I've been there before. After my dad passed, the depression, things that we've walked through as a family. Today, I'm telling you, there's light that's coming. There's light that's coming. That tunnel you're in is not permanent. That darkness, that night is coming to an end. The dawn is coming. His mercies are new every morning. Every second, a new star is being spoken out. And light travels at 186,000 miles per a second. His light is about to shine in your life. If you're here today and you're confused, you need direction on this next season in your life. Leave your seat, come meet me at this altar. I wanna pray for students, parents, singles, married people. You are believing for direction. There's decisions, you're at a crossroads. You don't know what to do. Don't make a decision without bringing God into that decision saying, Lord, cancel the chaos. Cancel the confusion, God. Reveal what's hidden in the dark show me which path to walk in. David said, search me, O God, know my thoughts. Try me and see every anxious thing. Remove from me everything that's wicked, every dark thing. Lead me in the path of everlasting life. Maybe you're here right now and you just say, I need direction. I need direction. I need help. I need courage. Maybe you're here today and you want to shine in the workplace, but you just need boldness. Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray this week, use them to speak out at their workplace. Use them to do what only they can do as a nurse, as a doctor, as a teacher, as a student, as a coach, as a friend, as a dad, as a mom, as a blogger, as a jogger, as a coffee barista. Lord, use them at Quick Trip. Use them at Walmart. Use them, God, on Riverside. Use them, Lord Jesus, at the school. Use them at the donut store. God, I pray in Jesus' name, this week, that our antennas would be up to shine bright, Lord, to love on people, to show people you, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring healing to those that are hurting, to be a link in the chain that rescues people that are, that are in discouragement, in the darkness, in despair. Lord, I pray for all of us in this room. I pray especially for those that are here today that have been caught in a tie but Lord, they're coming back. They're getting rescued. Today is your day. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I surrender. Let there be light inside of me. Every part of me, I'm all yours, God. Let your light shine through me. Let there be peace. Let there be joy. I receive you, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I'm done with the darkness. I'm going to walk in the light, and I'm going to shine bright for your glory. Use me, Jesus, to bring others into the light. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. I love you. God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are in front of you. God's turning things around. This is going to be a Thank you for listening to Victory. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.